On today's show, we're going to talk about the differences between an ETF and a mutual fund. I'm sure most of you have one of these type of vehicles in your investment portfolio, so we're going to dig deep today. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Parag. Hopefully you can tell from this conversation that I am I, I take things very seriously, but I'm laid back. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. You may want to do some reallocations based off how you're currently invested. This podcast addresses financial issues for all ages, from those just starting out up to retirees. It's Your Finances Untangled. Untangling your finances. That's what the podcast is all about with Mo Param. Mo Param of Cloudvestors. Cloudvestors, a fiduciary firm recommended nationally by Dave Ramsey. Cloudvestors can help you. You get they get to know you, and it's the personal touch with the ease and convenience of virtual planning. Mo, we're going to get into you're going to you're going to lay down the differences here between two vehicles, as you said are in most people's portfolios. How are you today? Uh, Dave, I'm doing great today. How about yourself? I cannot complain at all. <laughs> Good. Have I ever told you what I don't like when people, you know, if you say, uh, if I ask someone, how are you? And they say, fine, I hope you are. And it's nice to say, I guess it's quick because they know I'm just going to say fine too. But you, you hope I am. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, hope, hope you're fine and just, and, just, and just brush by it, right? Just I hope you it. are, but if you aren't, don't tell me. That's basically <laughs> what to say. <laughs> That's a you problem, Dave, not me. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah if, if you're not fine, that's your deal. Um, so ETFs and mutual funds. We're going to break yes. down the differences between the two. ETFs are exchange-traded funds, and everyone knows mm -hmm. mutual funds. Where do we even begin? Let's start with the uh, let's start with the first one. I guess this what came first? Mutual fund, right? Yeah, mutual funds are are much older than um, than ETFs. Mutual funds, I believe, started. I think the first mutual fund is like in the 1930s. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So mutual funds have a long history uh, within the investment world. And for uh, I'm looking at it right now, mutual funds 1924. Okay, so the 24. oldest mutual fund started in 1929 uh, with Vanguard. So yeah, so they there's, picked there's, a terrible year, didn't they? <laughs> <Just start. laughs> wow. Well, that's probably why, right? I mean, that's probably why could be capitalizing the whole mutual on fund it. started. Good point. Good point. That's right. How does that's it right. work? What, what does a mutual fund do? So a mutual fund, at the end of the day, think about it as a basket of uh, of investments, okay. right? So I'm, I'm a visual person. So I, I try to, when I explain this to clients, I think I tell them to think about like a jar of marbles, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or jar of, of jelly beans. Okay. And the, the, the jelly beans or the marbles themselves are like st are stocks or bonds, right? They're the actual holdings, the actual investments, that you're investing in the jar itself or the, the glass jar is a mutual fund. It's the container, it's the holder. And so what a mutual fund is, it's a basket of stocks or a basket of bonds. And so what you're doing is instead of saying, well, I don't know, Mo, you know, I don't know if I should buy Apple, Amazon, Tesla, when to sell them, when to buy them, when, sh when should I, you know, be overweighted, underweighted in these different stocks? 
should I be in large cap, small cap? I don't know exactly what I should be doing or when to do the investment management, but I do like those companies. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you buy the mutual fund, you buy the glass jar that has all those companies in it, and you get to diversify your investments, and you get to diversify your risk because now you're not investing in just those you know, handful of funds, you're investing. I mean, some mutual funds have 40, 50, 100 different holdings in them. So a mutual fund at the end of the day is a basket, a basket, a jar, a glass jar of funds that you're, oh, sorry, of uh, investments, mm-hmm. stocks, bonds that you're investing in, but you end up diversifying because you're just buying that one glass, if you would call it. So you wouldn't necessarily say mutual funds. It's one mutual fund containing many marbles in the jar, as you said, but are there different kinds of mutual funds? And that way you can say funds because there are, if, if there are different kinds, different definitions. Yeah. yeah. The, the difference there's different. You're right. It is a fund. So it's a mutual fund, but there's multiple, there's different types of funds. So you can do like a, a an aggressive fund, um, a growth fund, an international fund, a conservative fund. So what you're, what you're looking at is when I when, when I say those words, you're looking at the objective of the of the fund, right? So if you have a growth fund, the fund itself is going to invest in companies that have a a traject of a, a growth trajectory in it. Mm-hmm. If you buy an international mutual fund, well. The fund itself is going to invest in companies that are uh, that are domiciled overseas, right? They may have exposure in the U.S., for instance, but mm-hmm. essentially their headquarters are overseas. You can even get you can even uh, narrow it down to territories, right? So you could say, well, I found a mutual fund that only invests in Europe and like Asia. So those companies, I mean, that fund will only invest in companies in that specific area. So you can really dig down and drill down and be very, very uh, uh, creative, if you want to call it, on where you put your money. And again, you're diversifying your your risk because you're investing in multiple companies, but it's all insulated in this one fund. Just a question. I mean, why would you pick just Europe? Or Asia, Europe and Asia. <laughs> I mean, you're probably investing well, in American companies doing that as well, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's diversification, right? You so, you know, when we talk when, when someone is do when 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 you're looking at their overall investments and they're building a portfolio or strategy for themselves, mm-hmm. you know, they want it. They may say, well, you know, the U.S. is a great place to invest in, but we want to take. You know, uh, we want to have market exposure overseas. Maybe right. this is a global economy that we're working in. But I want to narrow down. I mean, like you know, here Europe and Asia. You know, these are you know, if I, or if I were to, if I were to think of kind of uh, uh, what's where I want to look for, or if they're doing better, if they're doing better, right? There, I want to maybe yeah. carve out five percent or ten percent of my portfolio. But I want to really narrow down and drill down in this specific area of the okay. world. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, if you are um, commodities, for instance, you know, Latin America has a big play or uh, their economy is really built on commodities. So you may say, OK, I want to invest in Latin America for this for this specific specific season of time. Mm-hmm. So you may not have that. You may not hold that specific fund forever. Right. But maybe in, I know one of our portfolios that we worked with some of our clients last year, we were exposed in Latin America for about a six week period and we really used it as a commodity play. And then we we, 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 uh, we exited out uh, abru- not abruptly. We exited out within six weeks. What is the exit strategy? Can you get out whenever you want or 
switch it, change yeah. it or whatever. Yeah. So you can't in a mutual fund, you can't as an investor, you cannot change the investment holdings, right? Because there's an actual fund manager that's making the decisions as far as which companies to sell, which companies to buy, when to overweight, underweight. But you as an investor could say, well, I don't want that mutual fund anymore. So advisor, or if you're doing it yourself, right, you sell that mutual fund, right? So you sell the fund itself. So you're no longer in it. So like things are terrible in Europe and Asia now. I want to switch it. I want to change. I want to switch it. Yeah. I want to get out of this. But you can't change, like you can't change the investments in the mutual fund, right? That's, That's what the fund manager does. Uh, And that's another thing that that's how you uh, that's another um, difference between I mean, we'll talk about this later, but the difference between an ETF and a mutual fund, Um, you know, mutual funds have a fund manager that's doing all of the investment management within the mutual fund itself. And we actually are going to break down ETFs in the second segment, but let's look at on mutual funds to to wrap it up with mutual fund. What are the pros and the cons? Oh, good question. That's a really good question. So the pro, the pro of a mutual fund is, uh, well, one of the pros, right? You're diversifying. If uh-huh. you're not quite sure of, uh, if you don't want to get into individual stocks, or purchase individual stocks, if it's the first time you're investing or you just want a layer of diversification, you can invest in a mutual fund and now you're exposed to 40, 50. Like I said, some com- some funds have like 100 different stocks inside their, their holdings. Mm-hmm. So you're exposed to all these different companies, but you're, but you're diversifying, you're spreading your risk across those, uh, across those companies. And then again, you can get really diversified, right? We can, we can go with a growth fund. We can go with an international. We can go with an income fund, right? So an income fund. The whole point is to give you income over time. So you're probably going to be investing in companies that pay dividends. So you can get really creative and build an investment strategy uh, all within, you know, maybe two or three different funds that you have in your plan. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good pro type behind mutual fund. And, is it, and it's a lower cost to get into the market, right? You know, if you think about it, Amazon, for instance, is, as we're recording, is well over $3,000 a share. So if you wanted to buy one share of Amazon, you had to pony up over $3,000. But if you bought a mutual fund uh, for, you some Amazon in you know, $50 for the fund itself, $50 a share, uh-huh. you're getting some Amazon in there. Okay. Well, you could get some Amazon depending on which fund you choose. So that's the low entry point diversification. This is a and just off topic a little bit, but it's related to it. And I just want to see if I'm thinking right about it. Remember the whole crash of 08 and part of that was with mortgages. And the way I understood it was the mortgages were bundled. And, you know, people thought, well, how do you go wrong buying a bundle of mortgages? But they were bundling good and bad mortgages in mm-hmm. there. Is, am yeah. I kind of close on that in a simplistic definition? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a bundling, right? It's yeah. a bundling of different investments, um, all under one umbrella, all all under one basket. But the mutual funds have an objective, right? So the objective, you know, if you like I said, if you're doing an income fund or you purchase an income fund, that fund is going to invest in companies that have basically that will okay. give you dividends as far as incomes, but I guess uh, uh, which is a form of income, but. What? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's a basket. Okay. The question I had, though, related to that was, can you make sure that your jar of marbles are all decent marbles? 
<laughs> you know, you, yeah, that, that's no, why I related the two. I, you yeah, know. yeah, no, you you are. I mean, you're, you're right. If you, we use Morningstar. So I, I don't know if you've ever mentioned Morningstar uh, uh, in the podcast, but Morningstar is uh, they do two things really well. Well, multiple things really well, but they're the leading for the most part, the leading research firm, research in, uh, firm in our industry. So if you ever wanted to know anything about. Uh, a mutual fund, an ETF, a stock, a bond, literally Morningstar exposes everything. And when I say expose in a good way, it lays it all out, what the fees are, historical performance, object. I mean, it literally laid out. So it's a whole, uh, we use it consistently. And what Morningstar does is they have ratings, right? So they'll say this is a one-star fund, right? Which means eh, it's not that great. Mm -hmm. They'll say this is a five-star fund, that's pretty good, mm -hmm. right? Five, I believe five is their highest. So from one to five, right? So if you're in a five-star fund, Morningstar is saying, you know what? This hits the highest of the highest um, as far as uh, their quality of fund, right? Again, you, you don't have, uh, uh, again, you don't have control of the actual holdings in there. But if you have a Morningstar fund or sorry, a Morningstar rating, uh, a mutual fund has a Morningstar rating and it's five star, four star, right? That That's that's a good place for you to start. Okay. Now, yeah. what... Uh, now, there are some cons to mutual funds. That's though. what I was wondering. What are some of the cons? So, for me, the, the two things really that, that are cons to mutual funds for me, right? And I'm generally speaking. But one is the fees, okay? So now there are expenses that are part of the mutual fund themselves, okay? Now, one of the big expense is uh, you'll see it as a uh, – it's essentially the expense needed to, to manage the mutual fund itself, right? You've got to pay for the fund manager. You've got to pay for the advertising of the mutual fund. You've got to pay for um, the actual trading, right? Because, yes, you may have 50 funds, 50 holdings in there, but – Internally, they're they're making and tr they're trading, they're buying, they're selling, they're they're doing a lot of things within the construction of the mutual fund that you don't see as an investor, but it's it's going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to pay for that, right? And so I've seen mutual funds as high as two percent mm. expenses annually. So that is literally an expense that you're paying. You may not see it. You've got a little. You got to dig a little deeper for you to see the expenses. <laughs> but literally, you're paying that two percent just to have that that management. Okay. So that's 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 a really that's, you know if you buy a stock, you buy a stock, right? So if you buy if you go back go back to Amazon, if you buy Amazon, there's no there's no cost to buying Amazon outside of you know the three thousand dollars, right? But there's no cost to the expenses. But there is expenses. There are expenses to the mutual fund. To mutual funds, and, and then another cost is there's some mutual funds, and I want to get too deep into the weeds, but there are share classes. So you can may you may see a mutual fund that's an A share or a C share. I'll I'll touch on the A share mutual funds it means that there's upfront charges that you have to pay upfront to get into the mutual fund. So think about it as that, uh, you know, Dave, back in the days when you were living it up in college and you went to a bar, you went to a club, you had a bouncer at the door, and he said it was twenty dollars to get in. This late mm -hmm. night, twenty dollars to get in. Well. You, this is this is what the sales charge is. It's twenty. It's some sometimes it starts off at like five percent, 
to get into the mutual fund. Like the cover charge to get you it's in. It's a cover charge, right? Yeah. And it's 5% every single time you make a contribution. Mm. So to kind of give you an idea, if you're putting in, let's call it $1,000 a month, right? You're buying this mutual fund at $1,000 yeah. a month. It has a 5% sales charge. Or fifty bucks for, of your, for every month, right? So it's six hundred dollars a year. Contribution. Right? Every contribution. Every contribution, they're taking fifty bucks, and you say to yourself, "Where is that fifty bucks going?" Most of the time, just going back to the fund company, and it's going back as a commission to the advisor. Enough. So that's so that's where yeah, the can be expensive. that adds up. I mean that that adds up, and it, it, you those fund those sales charges get lower and lower. But at the end of the day, right? If you're taking five percent haircut every single time you make mm-hmm. a contribution you're, you're behind the eight ball by five percent no kidding that's definitely yeah. a way to look at it the other thing too with uh mutual funds i know we'll talk about this with etfs too but it's how they're traded and and that, oh, would, yeah. that would that be a con for mutual funds and a pro for etfs <sighs> yeah yeah that's another thing good question dave uh a good point well, Mutual thanks. funds. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. I don't hear that a lot. That's good. Usually, it's well, you've like, been learning from you've been learning from the podcast. Well, I, so. really, no kidding. You're not. I I'm serious. I have. Mutual funds trade. So mutual funds trade at the end of the day, which mm-hmm. is huge. You have to wait. I mean, you have to wait. So if you go online and you see a mutual fund that you that you want to get into, and let's ease of numbers, it's $50 a share, right? At this moment, it's $50. And you place the order, whether you use your advisor, you do it online yourself. That order does not get filled or satisfied or executed until the market closes that day. So if it closes at $52, right? Well, you bought it at 52, right? Or if it traded at, it closed at 48, Mm -hmm. or do we get filled at 48, right? So you kind of have to wait to see what the, what the, uh, what you actually Mm. bought the funds for, because the the, the trade doesn't get executed to the end of the day. Oh, that's okay. Uh, So that can be, you know, some may not see that as a big deal, but, you know, let's say the, let's say you're, you know, you're starting to see the market starting to, you know, have a slight pullback and it's 10 o'clock in the morning. You're like, you know what? I want to, I kind of want to get out this, this fund right now. But you got to wait. You got to wait to the end of the wow. day. Wow. No, so that's could, definitely you, one. That's one, right? Yeah. So it, it, you, you know, it could slide 5% and you wanted to get out, you know, much earlier. Right. But you couldn't, it, the, it, the mutual fund doesn't close or, you know, you don't make any, there's no trading done or, or just does set the order doesn't get satisfied to the end of the day. Put it that way. And this is going to come up again when we talk about ETFs. And I really, truly, sincerely thank you for for telling me good question because I'm one of those guys <laughs> that, you know, somebody will say, look, there are no stupid questions. And then I'll ask a question. He'll go, all right, well, that was a stupid question. So <laughs> we're going to break down ETFs straight ahead. The podcast is Your Finances Untangled. 
How can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning? The convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. They're an endorsed Dave Ramsey SmartVestor. That's a relationship you can trust. At CloudVestors, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. Hey, we're back. It's Your Finances Untangled with Mo Param of CloudVestors. Learn all about CloudVestors at the website cloudvestors.com. Mo Param, and um, he's loaded with information here, too. And let me tell you something. He and, and the team there at CloudVestors can help you throughout your financial life. You've just started your career, and you want to get in the game? CloudVestors. You are getting ready to retire or working towards it? CloudVestors, wherever you are in life. We're breaking down mutual funds and ETFs. Uh, so we talked uh, about mutual funds in the first segment. Now we're going to look at ETFs. I guess, would you call ETF the first cousin of mutual funds or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Exchange-traded funds. First cousins, yeah. You know, um, you know, maybe, maybe even like, yeah, maybe even the stepbrother you know it's a little bit of sibling okay. rivalry but uh but first cousins i like i like first cousins uh they're related but, but they're yeah. not exactly the same they're not ex they're not there there's some similarities but they're not exactly the same uh a mutual uh, sorry etf right so an etf is an exchange traded fund okay so that's what it stands for etf exchange traded fund so what it means is that the fund itself trades over the exchange, New York Stock Exchange, for instance, right? That's where the fund actually trades. So it is. Uh, so it has the the uh, trading characteristic or style of a stock, right? You buy a stock, you buy a stock, and it gets executed as soon as you press send, right? Mm -hmm. But it has the the bundling or the diversification of a mutual fund. I see. Because when you buy an ETF. Again, what you're doing is you're buying a basket of holdings inside of this mutual inside of this ETF. So you get the diversification like a mutual fund, but you get the trading execution of a stock. Okay. But most mutual funds, sorry, most ETFs, instead of actually having um, investments in specific companies or specific stocks or bonds. They usually are traded in it on, uh, uh, they basically mirror like an index. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, like, have you ever heard of the SP 500? Yeah. Okay. Isn't that the one the we really should? Is? Everybody looks at the Dow. Is that the one we really should be looking at? It depends on what you're looking at. So, if you're, if you're wanting to get a sense of uh, what the scope is of the large companies in the US. Mm -hmm. The S&P 500 is a good place to start uh, because it is uh, essentially what the 500 means is the 500 largest companies in the US by market size. Okay. 
I mean, that's pretty much what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, your big names are in there, your Apples are in there, your Googles are in there, your uh, your Amazons are in there, right? Your, your large companies. But but to go back onto that point, it's not really a true indication of the market itself because the S and P five hundred is a weighted index. Oh, so okay. you know what that means? Yeah, I do. I do. I've I've dealt with that with like um. Uh, Arbitron Nielsen ratings, how they weight it. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So, so the top companies have a bigger share or bigger weighting uh, than smaller companies. So I actually saw I actually saw this the other day. Uh, App- Apple has the same market share or impact in the S and P 500 as I think it's like 170 companies in the S and P. Okay. Like that's how massive Apple is. Wow. Yeah. So I, I tell clients, you know, so they have to bring that down. Put it this way. If 170 and these are hundreds, but it's like 170 companies, but Uh if 170 companies, if you add them all together, as far as their market share, Mm -hmm. it equals Apple. (laughs) So if Apple's having a good day, I really don't care what those 170 companies are doing. The S and P index is going to have a good day, right? S&P okay, I, yeah. Have a good day. Okay, but it's, if, but if it's Apple, not a true indicator. I get it. It's, yeah, it's not a true indicator, right? Um, there is another S and P five hundred index. It's a non weighted index. Uh-huh. So essentially, what it does is takes the five hundred companies, takes their performance divided by five hundred. That's what it is. Okay, so that really gives you a true, in my opinion, a true sense of what those at least those companies are doing overall, because now. Amazon has the same impact as the company 500. I see. Right. Well, now is um, the Dow, then that's like, that's 30, right? In the Dow. Right, right. Is that, is that a decent indicator then? Because everybody looks at the media, the, the everyone looks at that. Those are good indicators. Both of the, both indexes are good indicators because they both represent our our larger companies, right? Mm-hmm. And so typically when we, when, when, because of how the market is, is is constructed, you know, you you really use these companies as as guidelines or as references to see really how they how the health is going with, with the with the market overall. Because these companies are usually the biggest employers, right? Mm-hmm. They're usually the ones who are innovating in technology. They're usually the ones who are uh, you know who, who have a larger impact in the market. So. Again, the Dow is only a few, a handful of companies, while the S and P is five hundred. Uh, the Russell two thousand is a small cap company, so those are smaller companies as far as market share is concerned. But you know, small companies, and when I mean by small, I don't mean like your mom and pop. I mean these are still not like billion dollar companies. Joe's right? Billiards, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <it's> Tony's Pizzas. <laughs> no, <laughs> these are large companies, but they're just not as large as like an Apple. But those those tend to be very volatile, but are, are you can use that as an in, as a uh, kind of a perspective to see okay, well, um, usually sometimes small cap companies kind of uh, uh, get out of the recessions or get out of uh, volatile times in the market faster than the large companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, if, for instance, it takes, if a smaller company buys another smaller company, for instance, mm-hmm. you could double revenue just like that. Yeah. Uh, but if Apple buys like a smaller company, it 
probably doesn't do much it's, to it's Apple's bottom blip. line. Yeah, just a it's blip. A blip, right? Yeah. So they, the, you can see a lot more movement in the, in the small cap companies versus large cap. But, okay. But that kind of gives Makes you an sense. idea. Makes uh, sense. But but so the ETFs tend to instead of having the Amazon, the Apple, the Nike, whatever it is, they tend to invest or mirror the index. So you may have an S&P 500 ETF, mm-hmm. and literally that ETF is going to mirror the S&P 500. Okay. You're not going to underperform it, nor are you going to overperform it, right? You're just literally going to track it. So if the S&P is up 10, you're going to be up 10. If it goes down 10, you're going to be you're going to go down 10, right? So it mirrors the index. Okay. And, and because of that, there's less expenses, right? Because you you don't have a fund manager buying and trading different stocks. You don't really need it, right? It's just mirroring. You don't really need it. You're just mirroring the index. Uh, so you tend to see those expenses go down significantly. I mean, you can get you can get a index uh, uh, an ETF for like 0.02 expense i mean wow versus a two percent that i was talking about with the no mutual kidding fund. what a big difference yeah yeah well, uh, no, it yeah, still cost to it but yeah, much yeah. much much lower than uh, a mutual fund we talked about the fact that uh, with trading with mutual fund uh, mutual funds that you have to wait until the end of the the trading day right right and then but the etf anytime anytime you see something Literally. going south you can act you can act. They trade just like a stock. So, uh, if you if you if you ever watch, you know, uh, like a CNBC, MSNBC, the, the ticker, the ticker at the bottom of the yeah. screen, you may see some ETFs there. You won't see a mutual fund, but you can see an ETF. And literally, if you want to buy a ETF at eleven o'clock and you press send, boom, yeah. there it's it is. Executed. Okay, there it is. And if you want to sell it, boom, it's sold just like that. Well, I like that part. Well, are there any cons? Um, cons. So, I mean, there's always cons, right? One con could be that since you are mirroring an index, right, you can't outperform the S&P or if, if you chose an S&P okay, 500 right. ETF, for instance. So you can never outperform the index. Trade off for the low to, fees then. You trade off for the low fees. Um, but, you know, that's, that's one of the... If, if anything, that's the, the, the downside to an ETF. But again, it's it's about diversification, but it's also layering a strategy behind it, right? I, I do, for me personally, for our for our clients, we do a lot of ETF trading and elite ETF investing because of the efficiency. Uh, we can get in and out as, as needed. It's lower expense, so we tend to be a little, it's a little more efficient, so more tax efficient as well. So we tend to use ETFs, um, and obviously, we use a basket of mutual funds if needed. We'll do individual stock trading if needed. But if someone's looking to be um, maybe their risk tolerance doesn't lean them towards actually investing in stocks, we'll go towards like an ETF route. You said mutual funds go back to 24. So I said first cousin, I should say the ETFs are the great grandson of mutual funds. Uh, are ETFs uh, eventually, is, is that kind of like the, the, the new generation? And the new way to look at it, could they eventually yeah. weed out mutual funds and just could everyone just shift to ETFs? <laughs> well, you or, know, or ETFs should you were, have a blend? I don't know. Should you do a multitask, uh, dual purpose trading <laughs> using both? Um, you know, it, it doesn't 
Yes, you can. You can. So mm-hmm. ETFs were, were started in the 90s, early 90s. So they're, oh, yeah, they're, they're very young. Yeah. They're young, right? They're, but actually, you know what? They're young, but they're taking on steam. I was just reading an article. Uh, I believe it was, when did that article come out? It came out uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday from Bloomberg. Uh-huh. And it's saying that in the last, for this year, so for the last seven months, uh, ETFs um, have, have, check this out. They're luring and bringing in money, basically uh, bringing in money, about $480 billion so far year to date. Wow. Wow. People have invested almost $500 billion in the ETFs year to date. I wonder how that, how much, how that compares to like 10 years ago or five years ago. That'd be interesting. Put it this way. Last year was 497 billion. Oh man. So already. (laughs) Oh, wow. Already. Already. Well, that shows the strength of it. Yeah. It is kind of the new generation. I I, I just, I just ask questions. I don't know, but do younger people tend to veer towards ETFs and older people, mutual funds or. Um, hmm. not necessarily. I'd, I'd say the, I, I I wouldn't know how to break that down by age. Um, you know, I would say that, the the ETFs are attractive because of the trading. Yeah, that right? sounds attractive. Um, yeah. It sounds very attractive that you can trade. So a lot of, um, you know, we're seeing an age of, you know, people of younger investors going to some of these sites uh, like a Robinhood or oh, Acorn yeah. or um, thing, you know, yeah. some of these sites that they can do trading on themselves. And when you see an ETF there and know that, hey, you know what? I can just get in and out when I need to. Um, and if I'm new to investing, again, I may not know which mutual fund to buy based off objective, but I've heard of the S&P 500. So let me just buy this S&P 500 index ETF and let me just get used to investing, right? So th- there is some appeal to an ETF, put it that way, uh-huh. Um, that I can see younger generations um, gravitating more towards. You're talking about Robin Hood. I was out at lunch with someone and I told them, you know, just they asked me what I did. And I, you know, I mentioned the po- hosting the podcast and or co-hosting it. But they were like, uh, oh, oh, I've got some questions for you then. I did this on Robin Hood and that. And I said, whoa, hold, hold on now. Back up. I didn't say anything about me being a financial expert. I can get Mo on the phone for you. Don't ask me anything. <laughs> ask me how to ask questions. I can help you yes. with that. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, but man. yeah, that, no, that, that's uh, that's funny. But yeah, there is there is. That's um, true. Though. It really happened. Did, did it really? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that was really didn't. They, and I, I stopped them right there. To do not ask me financial questions. <laughs> yeah, let me get Mo on the phone for Look you. Look at Dave doing field research. Love that, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I was promoting the podcast. I'm always promoting. Well, this is good breakdown of mutual funds and ETFs, and and there's there's good and bad to both. Um, good and bad to both. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for the breakdown, Mo. You did it again. Yeah, I have been telling people to to check it out. Obviously, so um, it's so easy to get. You know, if you don't, if you can actually just Google your finances untangled with Mo Param, and and it just all your options come up on how to access the podcast. But if you subscribe, it'll come to you every Friday. Every Friday, Mm -hmm. just like that. I like that. Just like that. 
we're we're making it easy. We're making it uh, uh, available to everyone. So again, like, share, subscribe, uh, rate us, and come in with questions. Right? We're, we're doing this for you. So if you have any questions, anything you want us to talk about, any topics you want us to untangle for you, let us know. What could they do? Email the to the website. Where, where, how can someone submit a question or suggestion? Oh, that's a good question, Dave. So you can go to our website, cloudvestors.com, and um, in there there's a contact button. Contact us and then um, just say, hey, could you talk about XYZ? And we'll do that. Excellent. Okay, very good. Stay with us. It's a great podcast. Mo's an educator. We have fun with it. And thank you for joining us on Your Finances Untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Mo Param nor his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.